Hellraiser Revelations is our next movie in the series, and it's really quite remarkable how this franchise, nine entries in, keeps finding new ways to be absolutely horrible. So join us for the first Hellraiser without star Doug Bradley, hopefully have a few laughs, but mostly just be thankful that you're not watching the film yourself. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight, I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Hey, you opened the box, you summoned us and we came. He, we, we heard that sound clip like eight times in this movie, that exact same <laughs> moment he says it, we heard that eight times, I swear it was something in that region. Yeah. Welcome everyone, this is a horror movie podcast, we get together, we talk about a horror film, we've watched. it's really quite that simple. I, uh, we're we're here today because for the last two years, maybe three years, I, I think the the pandemic and you having a kid kind of delayed it a little bit at one point. Mm-hmm. But we have been working through the Hellraiser franchise. We started in October, I think, twenty eighteen. Wait, so it's been almost four years <laughs> by the time we're done, probably. We have done the first eight Hellraisers. This is going to be Hellraiser nine. It's not called that, obviously, but I'm just to put in context what this is. Mm-hmm. This is Hellraiser Revelations. It is the first one that does not star Doug Bradley as Pinhead. It came out in 2011. Mm. So this is like like the same year as Insidious, to put it in context of like where horror was at this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is you know. So so we're going to talk about it. We'll give you. Spo- so you could have yeah. You could have potentially gone to the movie theater and uh, seen Insidious and then went and seen this movie if you specifically went to the one movie theater during the one showing that oh, it played yeah. at yeah i was going to say you show this came out in theaters time because i don't think it I, uh, I read the wikipedia and uh it did confirm that there was exactly one theatrical showing that was mostly made up of cast and crew and then oh so it was a it premiere was like on t- yeah the premiere yeah. <laughs> what you're saying <laughs> I I don't know if I can count one shown as a theater release. I know it's technically playing in the theater, but for mm-hmm. me it has to be like you no know, people in multiple towns can go and see it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. <laughs> um. So yes, we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers if you happen to care about spoilers for Hellraiser Revelations, and uh, we'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll give you the the lowdown of what the plot is, what the premise is, how we feel about it. <laughs> place your bets now and we'll see if we can live up to the standard set by the last five <laughs> movies which were all well, what's the word i'm looking for uh toxic satanic garbage <laughs> i um I, I don't know i'll defend four a little bit um okay a little it's... bit a little bit, a little bit. Like, I don't think it's a, definitely a good or well-made movie, and it's... It's better than the next four. I mean, I'll give you that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a considerable dip in quality, and at least the fourth one, to me, still feels very Hellraiser-y. It was well, written as a Hellraiser movie. It wasn't some yeah. other script, which... Actually, that's mm-hmm. what, when I read the description for this when I was going to get the movie, because I had to triple-check that I was getting the right one because they're not numbered. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> I, when I read the description, I thought, "Oh, this actually sounds like it's a Hellraiser script. Like they actually wrote this as a Hellraiser movie." So to at be least, fair, yeah, yeah. If nothing else, it's got that going for it versus the last four. <laughs> so that's something. Uh, just before we get into the, the discussion properly, though, I'm doing something a little different here. I'm going to plug the Patreon right now because oh, you get two God. bonus things a month 
uh, on patreon.com slash TV if you're a patron. You get the bonus episode. open the box. <laughs> which is an extra movie review from us. In the past, it's really silly movies, but because we only have two regular episodes a month right now, uh, some of them have been actually just kind of normal movies as the uh, bonus episode. And then the mm-hmm. second bonus you get, so you get essentially effectively get weekly streams content if you if you're on the Patreon between the regular episodes and the bonus stuff, is you get even more streams, which is a sort of more casual show where we just talk about all the various horror movies we've been watching, spoiler free. And Tim also usually makes a quiz for me to uh, try and solve or pass or succeed in or. I'm the game master. <laughs> you're, the, you're the game master, yes. Uh, so, anyway, <laughs> patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the show and all the other content we do. But mainly screams after midnight, you get some bonuses. So, go and have a look. Hey, what if the uh, what if the president of PlayStation watches one of our episodes and says, hey, this could make a good game? That came out of nowhere. I don't know. Where did that come from? <laughs> I mean, I'd be... I'd, I mean, sure. I'll, I'll accept some royalties to use the Screams After Midnight uh, name. Hey, no. I, I, hey, I'm the one that comes up with the games. No, if they, <laughs> if they want to use one of our games, it, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll give you a pittance uh, if you're lucky. But... <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so i really pop my pee on that one without further don't pop your pee on my show <laughs> i can't help it <laughs> sometimes i don't i don't want i don't have one of the i don't have the fancy setup like you with your your, your pee pop pee popping paraphernalia <laughs> you mean my anti-pee popping paraphernalia exactly yes uh, it's got a pop Although, shield sometimes you know you, you do need a good pee pop it sounds like we're talking about piss, Tim, and I don't like it. It's, it's, it's all very pissing. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to Hillary's Revelations. The premise of this one is that two... Actually... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Timmy? I, I did watch uh, a movie today where uh, a character pisses on their shirt. <laughs> do, you, do you know what movie I'm referring to? Is it one that I am likely to have seen? Probably, yeah, there's a good chance you've seen this, I'd say. Okay, uh, Pessies on my... Very sh- early, two, I think it's 2000, 2001, unlikely team-up. Oh, oh team-up. Okay, I was going to say something about Mary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, was it um, Shanghai Nun? It was, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a team-up thing you said that gave it to yeah. me. I was like, oh, about that time, I said, right. Yeah, uh, I've never seen it before. Uh, yeah, there's a scene where they're breaking out of jail, so Jackie Chan pisses on a shirt and um, uses, uses it to bend the bars. That's right. Uh, I, I don't remember thinking of those movies very fondly, to be honest, but... Uh... First one's, I mean, it's it's not bad. Uh, see, the weird thing is, is that it it just feels good to watch something that's not a goddamn comic book movie nowadays that it's oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you watch these old kind of like you know I, I guess maybe like these kind of movies were like the comic book movies of the day where you know studio would just shit out these you know like buddy cop kind of movies or whatever but uh, it's kind of refreshing now no i agree i'm sick of the, the marvel movies especially but uh mm. but even the dc movies i'm not excited for but uh you can tell tim doesn't really want to talk about this elevator movie because he's, he's, he's pivoting <laughs> as, as hard as he can as quickly as he can <laughs> the premise of hellraiser revelations is that two i don't know if they're quite teenagers or if they're like college age it's or, hard to tell yeah, yeah. I, but, I assumed like maybe either like late teens or like early college age like they could potentially be seniors on like you know 
summer vacation or something or like college students on spring break or I mean, something. I mean, don't get me wrong they don't look like teenagers but and and you know in a movie right, and right. tv sense they could be teenagers if that makes sense mm-hmm. um they they're going to mexico to just you know drink and get their dicks wet that is a line of dialogue in the opening scene <laughs> yes they're going to get their dicks wet as they put it uh what was weird to me is they sort of say oh let's say bye to this quaint little town forever and then they give the middle finger, and the the place they're giving the middle finger to, this this town, this the board of, that's not got enough exciting things for them, is Los Angeles. What? This is not Delaware. What are you talking about? Yeah, uh, it, it's absolutely insane. And then like, um, well, yeah, there's. I, I think later he refers to it as generica. I think that's what he calls the yeah. LA generica. Uh, yeah, there's like a later scene where he's kind of like lamenting. Uh, his life and his status and talking about being stuck in like this dead end boring town. And, oh, uh, but... yeah. What, like when he's doing that whole monologue or whatever, I was like, he lives in Los Angeles, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like one of the most like crazy happening places like in the yeah. world. <laughs> I, I feel like if you're talking the U S you cannot mm-hmm. say this about LA or New York. You're just not allowed to, no. you no. can't <laughs> pretend that they're not like the most like happening places yeah. it, may, it may not be to your taste but they're not dead end dull <laughs> depressing yeah. towns. like i'm sorry but i mean if his plan is to like you know move to like the bustling city of harrisburg pennsylvania like <laughs> I, I don't think uh it's gonna it's gonna be as thrilling as you think <laughs> anyway so they're going to mexico and while they're there and i'm going to be vague here because the movie's intentionally kind of like because it's it fl- it flashes back later and reveals more of what happened, but basically they they encounter the the, the that's the, the revelation, the lament configuration, and there's clearly lament some configuration s- revelation. There's some Cenobite shenanigans clearly, and we clearly. mainly the present day stuff is actually the parents of these two kids who are friends with each other, mm-hmm. and the sister of one of the kids, and who's also the girlfriend of the other boy, just to, just to make it clear. Yeah. I'll be honest, Tim, for about half this movie, I wasn't sure which son belonged to which pair, set of parents. All right, so, yeah, that was a, a big... Uh, for me, I was kind of just, like, letting everything wash over me. Mm-hmm. I was trying not to think too hard about it, but my wife was having a hell of a time because uh, she was very frustrated with not knowing like who exactly everyone is because uh, first of all everyone looks to be about the same age so she was kind of just like all right are these all supposed to be like parents or young kids or like or I thought, whatever yeah the the uh nico's father uh mm-hmm. he felt uh, he didn't feel as young as the, like the teenagers but he did feel mm-hmm. noticeably younger than the other parents the other parents yeah. all feel like they were yeah they're all about 40 or 45 or something yeah and then like i don't know i feel like even I don't know, two thirds of the way into the movie. Like I still wasn't completely sure exactly like who was who. And I was like, all right, I know like this is, this is someone's brother or sister, but right. I'm not sure if she's the sister or the girlfriend. Or <laughs> I wasn't what. sure which one. Yeah. I wasn't sure which one was her brother and which one was her boyfriend. And that was making a lot of the early stuff really confusing to try yes. and parse. But yes. uh, Emma, the, the sister, uh, that's the Craven family. And her brother mm-hmm. is Stephen Craven. Craven, of course, been a reference to, uh, West Craven. I, well, I assume anyway. I mean, it's yeah. a bit weird if it's not. Uh, and then the other the, family, um, the Bradley family, for his oh. uh, yeah know, participation in the Hellraiser franchise. <laughs> well, at least the other one makes sense because the other one's the Bradley family, and Doug yeah. Bradley played Hell uh, played Pinhead rather played Hellraiser. Not in this one, he didn't. Not in this one. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> so that's the setup. So we we can't tell you these two these two sets of parents having like a dinner party, and. Mm-hmm. 
We have no idea how long the, the kids have been missing it slash presumed dead, but we hear that mm-hmm. the police have looked into it and found nothing. And I don't know how they got their, like, video camera back that they were shooting. Because like, I thought it was going to be found footage because the opening scene's all, like, it's like overdrive found footage. It's like, it's so shaky yeah. and, like, just little... I almost, I had my mind blown because I was like, wait a minute, is there a goddamn found footage Hellraiser movie that I was not aware of? Like, I feel like oh. even if it was bad, that that is something that, you know, you would have heard of. Uh, but yeah, luckily, it's... luckily it did stop doing it after a while. But it's yeah. pr- whilst it is doing the, the camera stuff for the first like five minutes or so, mm-hmm. it is probably the most o- overly shaky everything short clips because they wanted to feel like authentic found footage but it just Mm -hmm. is it is so irritating to watch i mean the dialogue Mm -hmm. is also infuriating because they're annoying and unlikable but the the camera is absolutely just infuriating it's not that it gets good Mm -hmm. once it uh switches to normal photography per se because it's Mm -hmm. then it just looks like a cheap like made for tv thing the whole rest of the way but that's generous it's like whatever i don't i don't know what would be below that like made for some random guy's youtube or something but crackle it's like, made for crackle <laughs> a straight to crackle yeah <laughs> i did watch this on tubi which if you had told me it was a tubi original i would not be surprised um yeah but i, I think i literally said like yeah the other day uh that yeah this might have like one of the most unlikable openings to a movie I've ever seen. Uh, and not just in terms of the characters, but like you were saying, just like, yeah, the, the found footage is super annoying. Uh, the characters are so goddamn irritating and it's not like it gets better after the opening, but um, I don't know. At least the other Hellraiser sequels, there's maybe you, you kind of figure they're going to be bad, but at least you're like, all right, like let's see what type of bad this is going to be like this. It's like from like, yeah, the first moment you're like oh jesus this is uh is gonna be rough which is strange because usually the ninth installments in a franchise is uh usually the good one but i don't know hold on let's let's do a quick <laughs> check of this fact shall we uh friday the 13th part nine is jason goes to hell the final friday which is the worst one in the franchise so that one doesn't yeah. add up uh halloween the ninth one is the rob zombie remake that's right. <laughs> Which is absolute trash, so that doesn't hold up. Uh, has Freddy had the ninth one yet? No. If you include... Well, if you, if you include... Sorry. Go on. No, go on. Go on. <laughs> if you include Freddy versus Jason, uh, then I think you could say that the remake would be the ninth one. So either it doesn't apply, or it's the remake. Either way. <laughs> either way, your 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 theory's flawed. Yeah. Is there anything else that's gotten to nine that we, we've seen in slash done uh oh, i think so how many howling movies were there i was only eight of those thankfully <laughs> okay they, they just missed out just missed out i think leprechaun is only eight uh for now obviously for now. yeah for now uh, puppet master probably had nine oh right? yeah there's more than nine puppet but we've not we've only done the first one of that yeah so i, far, I couldn't so. even tell you which one the ninth one is so of this th- so it's the three biggies really it's michael freddy jason of those three yeah all of the part nines <laughs> are possibly the worst one in, in their respective franchises. What did uh, Child's Play must have gotten close, right? Like, did, what did they have like uh, seven or eight? Child's Play has seven original timeline and then the remake. So okay, eight, so close. Eight, eight close. all. It's close. Uh, if you count the TV show as movie number nine, I guess we've got a winner finally. <laughs> yeah, that would be one good one. <laughs> I, 
obviously I was joking. Yes, the, the yes. nice installments are usually bad. Oh yeah, I just thought it'd be funny to actually go through all the nines and see, yeah. <laughs> see, see how they stack up because it's not it's not good. It's not a good yeah. uh, good list of movies. Um, and I thought the list of you know like part sixes was bad. I mean, obviously Jason's got a pretty good part six, but you know, Freddy six not good. Halloween you six what, not good. Uh, just putting some ideas out here, uh, but uh, maybe at some point in the future, possibly a fun bonus episode would be like ranking like each oh. installment of like a horror movie. So like, you know, which horror franchise has like the best first installment, which one has the best uh, you know, sequel, no, which I, I like it. Oh yeah, yeah. The best number two, the best number three, yeah. the best four, and just go as high as we can. And nine, I mean, no, I could probably go to 10 with uh, <laughs> it would only just be Halloween and Friday the 13th at that point. At least, yeah. <laughs> unless we look, wait until we've done the Puppet Masters and the Children of Corns. And I mean, yeah. not that I suspect the Children of the Corn <laughs> sequels are going to be winning any That's of these. That's a good point. There might, there might be close to nine Children of the Corn movies. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, wild stuff. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, needless to say, this movie's absolute trash. I mean, if that wasn't clear from mm-hmm. the, the tone and the way we were describing it, uh, like, I, I think, like, the acting in the last few wasn't good, but mm-hmm. bizarrely, like, I missed, because they all had, like, effectively that one C-lister who was the lead actor, right? Mm-hmm. Who kind of anchored it, and they weren't great, but you at least got the impression this was someone who can be a supporting actor and something else with proper actors in it. This movie, it's, it's especially the sister, Emma the sister, mm-hmm. Emma Craven, <laughs> almost every line that came out of her mouth was like, you should not be acting, you should not be getting paid for this because mm-hmm. you're terrible at it, go get another job, because you cannot do this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it does sound a little mean, but uh, I mean, yeah, I can't say necessarily <laughs> disagree. Uh, I mean, who knows, though? I mean, I'm... I, I sometimes I hate I hate to place the blame on like the actors, but you know there could be a lot going on between the direction and rush production and stuff that you know it's just not a good situation uh, you know for anyone. Uh, all you can around. tell me that about that no. some of the others, but I, I think her in particular, mm-hmm. like every line, it was like the the forced emotion and mm-hmm. like, when she's like looking at the videotape at one point and just bursts out <laughs> crying, like it just mm-hmm. yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, I, I didn't recognize anyone, but uh, my wife did say that she recognized the kind of like the main dude. I think that was Steven. Yeah. Um, Ex-boyfriend? She, yes, I believe so. Like the one that basically, yo, comes home. Uh, kind of has no, like no, the longer no, 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 that's the brother. I, I, was, I was joking that it was your wife's oh, ex-boyfriend. That's oh, yeah. why she recognized him. Oh, 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 no, no, no. Uh, she... <laughs> She said she recognized him from The Duff. Uh, do you, are you familiar with the movie The Duff? I can't say I am, Tim. No. Uh, so The Duff stands for Designated Ugly Fat Friend, and it's about, like... Uh-huh. <laughs> it's about... Uh, I, I could be wrong. I think there's, like, some someone notable uh, is in it, but it's like, oh, about this popular girl, and then, you know, her best so friend is The Duff. And he's then, a thespian, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those, like, funny Hollywood things, though, where it's like... Yeah, the Duff is like the designated ugly fat friend, but then it's like, it's it's still like an incredibly attractive Hollywood like looking mm. person that's like they're not ugly at all. She's just not quite as skinny as the others, and that's that's right. basically it. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. check out the Duff. I guess if it's streaming, I'll check see if it's streaming. Go on. 
I mean, or, or don't. I mean, just... <laughs> <laughs> just or don't. Uh, it's a shame it's not a Simpsons spinoff. I thought it was going to be about the right, Simpsons yeah. beer. Yeah. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so wait. The... Yeah, I think uh, Mae Whitman, I believe, plays the ah, Duff. Of course, yeah, by Hollywood standards, she's the fat, yeah. ugly friend. <laughs> and then Bella Thorne, uh, I think, is the second lead. And then uh, third build here, someone you're familiar with, I'm sure, uh, Robbie Amell. Oh, yes, I'm familiar with Robbie Amell, yes. Amell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, go on why is your wife watching such questionable movies Tim (laughs) it's like she watched it yesterday (laughs) she may have done you're not always paying attention (laughs) that is true (laughs) you zone out these days you're sitting I I know yesterday was Sunday but the audience don't know that yesterday you're you're working away (laughs) (laughs) she's in the other room (laughs) watching the duff (laughs) with her child corrupting your child's brain (laughs) yeah it's no good (laughs) <laughs> um yeah so the way the movie plays out is that they're, they're around for this dinner party and over the course it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah this bag that had the camera and it also had the lament configuration and they start like getting emotional and talking about what happened to their sons uh slash brother slash boyfriend <laughs> and uh, also, you know it's been like a year no, since this happened we have no idea how long it's been tim because i i was starting well, to question that I uh, I read the Wikipedia because I was okay. The wiki's got see if there were some interesting facts, and I mean I don't know how accurate this is, but they said it's been a year since their I guess death slash uh, disappearances, which is kind of like it took you that long to like start watching the tape. Well, to be fair, the mom apparently has been watching it over and over, like because the, the daughter says, which is very strange. Yeah. <laughs> Once you know what's on the tape, it's oh, like, oh yeah. <laughs> Once you see some of the stuff that's on there, it's a bit weird for us to watch. Why are you even watching this? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so she's looking for clues. Sick she's, family. She's looking for clues. Uh, but I tell you uh, what, this family is a little twisted. Uh, they get a little twisted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, but uh, I'd be surprised if uh, they have a different, if they have a distant relative named the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good time. Yeah, I, I would like to honestly. I would like to see what hap- would happen if uh, the Joker opened the <laughs> lament configuration. Imagine like Pinhead just taking a look at him and being like, "Okay, uh, yeah, I don't want to deal with this guy." <laughs> I feel like it would go through his usual, you know. <laughs> You know, the box you opened that we came, we will consume your flesh and we will enjoy the pleasure of your flesh and you'll be punished for centuries. And I imagine the Joker just getting a raging hard on immediately. Yeah. And, and Pinhead being like, well, you are different. And yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the Joker um, may end up enjoying it more than they do, yeah. to be honest. Oh man, we got so many good ideas. DC should reach out to us. <laughs> oh yeah, the Joker Pinhead uh, crossover. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of old Penny, uh, mm-hmm. different actor played him here, and mm-hmm. I don't think the voice is too bad. Honestly, I'll give the voice a, a kind of a pass for like a sort of imitation. Mm-hmm. He does not look quite right though in the the part. No. I would say he's he's got a bit of a. I mean, I, 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 it's like I'm shaming. Like, it's fine. Like, this is what it looks like. But he has a very round head for Pinhead, I would say. the So I, I've never... So this is my first time watching the movie, but I have heard 
you know, people online and like in the horror community and stuff refer to him as Fat Pinhead, which mm. I, yeah, again, I don't want to body shame or anything either. Um, Lord yeah. knows I'd be a fat pinhead if I, I was pinhead, but yeah, because uh, I wouldn't call him fat, but he does. He has a yeah, fatter yeah. head shape than yes. Bradley did. That's the point. Yeah, it just you know, yeah, nothing against this uh, actor Stephen Summer Isle or whatever his name was. Um, summer ribbon or something uh the it, it just yeah he, he just doesn't pull off the pinhead look uh i'm sorry it's just he's like not menacing like it feels like the party city you know version of pinhead and yeah doug bradley of course like just to look at the performance side of it he always had this very stoic like disapproving mm-hmm. look in his face and i feel like this pinhead he, like he's trying to go for that, I guess, but he always just kind of looks like he's annoyed, as opposed to whereas classic <laughs> Pinhead, he was kind of creepy because he had you didn't really know what he was thinking. But I feel like this guy's got it on his face the entire time, so it's I don't know. <laughs> it, it feels a bit too easy to read, but too normal, I guess is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, like Doug Bradley Pinhead feels like an otherworldly creature. Like this feels like a guy dressing up. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> which you know and i don't want to put any blame on him uh again you know that this is such like a rushed like crappy production that yeah it's they probably had like i don't know 200 bucks oh it's what, it's what mention said the voice was okay it's actually a different actor doing the voice oh so i, I guess they actually got someone who could do a decent impression but thomas jane <laughs> no fred uh flintstone ta- <laughs> no. fred That'd be crazy taskiori taskmaster oh. <laughs> next track time uh <laughs> so yeah it doesn't look very good uh and what's weird is as far as the other cinebites go there's one that has kind of like a a face pulled back kind of thing and then the, the other like, one teeth he's, chatterer guy which, yeah he was from the original and then the other one is basically just another pinhead, although he's kind of like a makeshift pinhead because they're kind of mm. like nailing bits of flesh to his head with the nails, and that's why he's got the, the pins. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's okay, I guess. But it's not a lot Pin of variety. Fishing. Is that supposed to be a joke? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think one of my big things with this movie, you know, outside of just the really bad acting, uh, the, the script does use some Hellraiser elements in that it brings back a couple of ideas from the older movies. So at sure. least like they have kind of like tried to tie it in. But the general mm-hmm. setup of the movie, which is they're just at this house, mm-hmm. weird stuff starts happening. Eventually someone shows up and all hell kind of breaks loose. But it's mm-hmm. mostly just these two couples and the daughter kind of yelling, crying, getting scared. But for the most mm-hmm. part, the thing that really struck me about this is how frequently they wouldn't react appropriately to things that were being said or things that were happening. You know, there'd be moments mm-hmm. where someone would outright say, oh, there's these things called centibakes and they come from this sort of hell dimension <laughs> to come and get yeah. you because, you know, they love flesh and sex and all that shit and they may have your son, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, the dad would just be like, wow, holy shit, well, let's keep calm. Like, no, you'd be Don't say, worry. <laughs> you'd be asking what the hell that means. You'd be asking. You'd have so many mm. questions that you would want to ask when you hear something like that. Mm. Uh, but repeatedly, the characters just don't re- react properly, um, mm. and they overdo the drama as well. Like, you know, when they first get together for the dinner party, and like 
the the craven mum is sitting there quietly she's been the one who's been watching the videotape over and over and like obviously the whole point here is that they're kind of like trying not to talk about the elephant in the room and they're trying to like pretend everything's okay to have a nice night mm-hmm. um but then within seconds like the sister's like so why don't why don't we talk about them when like why why you never one ever talks about it and then it turns mm-hmm. out like they say oh yeah we never have talked about it I'm like what never you, you, this never <laughs> came up <laughs> like both your sons like disappeared presumed dead yeah a year ago um I, I don't know there's, there's a lot of things that it kind of like it's so overt with and then you think okay it's building this up for later and then like 10 seconds later they do it and it's like oh okay I guess mm-hmm. that wasn't something you were building that was just something that was about to happen that, that's kind of how I describe this there's not a lot of momentum in anything things mm-hmm. just keep suddenly happening so it doesn't really have much of a flow so while it's only 75 minutes long which is merciful thank god yeah <laughs> it's merciful it's 75 minutes long it feels a lot longer because there's not really much of a flow to it. You just kind of sure. wait, then a thing happens. Wait, then a thing happens. Wait, then a thing happens. So, that's yeah, that's I, my spoiler-free I, review. <laughs> yeah, I think a big problem with these uh, Hellraiser sequels, like these kind of later ones, is they all feel like they're trying so hard to be deadly serious. So, mm. like, you know, nothing is ever going to be good as, like, the first one or, you know, even, like, the second one or whatever, but... You know, when you have these long-running franchises, like, you don't really expect them to be as good as the originals, and then, uh, especially, you know, ones that kind of, you know, lean towards a cheesier end, you kind of just hope that maybe they'll embrace something stupid or make something so kind of outrageous that it's fun, but the problem is, it's just like, everyone is just trying so hard to be dramatic and serious, and it's just, it just makes it so, like, there's no joy or any fun to be had in like you know these later sequels it uh it, it just makes it like no fun at all to watch i can confirm that i had zero fun watching this movie i can <laughs> i can confirm that fact yeah i mean i'll go as far to say uh you know and i was telling you yeah i mentioned this to you but like i, I genuinely do think that this is one of the worst movies <laughs> we've done on the show like I, I like i don't think it would take the number one spot like i mean i'd have to really you know do some deep digging and to try to find like you know which one was that but like i don't know i, I think this was in the top 10 at least it's, it's definitely top 10 uh, the other thing is is like some of the sequels to some of the other horror franchises are very bad but true yeah but i, I would say jason goes to hell the final friday is better mm. than every hellraiser from at least number five onwards i, I would agree to yeah, put it absolutely. on perspective or even Halloween, like Halloween Six, even Rob Zombie's Halloween. I hate Rob, like I hate that movie with a fiery passion. But mm. Rob Zombie's Halloween, for everything I hate about it and all the decisions he makes in that movie that I don't like, it is mm. a coherent, full film that is clearly what he wanted to make. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? mm. So objectively, it's just better than all the Hellraiser mm. movies since at least the fifth one. And yeah. you, you could argue four as well if you really want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like even stuff like, you know, like Halloween Resurrection or, or whatever. Like, you know, I don't think he's like a, a good movie in any respect. But, but it's, it's funny least, though. Exactly. Yeah. So at least there's like dumb stuff that makes me laugh in it where, again, like these movies just have nothing that is on that level. Like even the last one, which I thought maybe we might get that because it's like the video game one. And it's like even, even that one, like, I mean... I, I guess I would like it better than this one, but there's still like nothing that's really like 
fun or over the top about it. The video game one that starred Lance Henriksen and also Superman. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was still so dull. And I'll you know I'll give this movie this this franchise keeps finding new ways to be bad because like that's true because <laughs> five six and seven were shockingly similar and they were all either a private mm-hmm. investigator a cop or a journalist investigating yeah. something mm-hmm. right so they were all detective movies eight shook it up technically with the video game thing and the whole like, party and the the plan to whatever you know the revenge scheme this again is different. I'll give it that. It is different to the previous few, but somehow it's not better. It's yeah. arguably even worse than the last few, which is really saying something at this point. You know, I I was kind of hoping, like, the opening was very bad, but I was kind of hoping, like, all right, are we going to get, like, a weird mm. American Pie kind of, like, sex comedy, like, where these kids are trying to get laid and, like, the Cenobites are interrupting them? Because that sounds dumb as hell, but, like, at least there would probably be some, like, cheesy funny moments in that but unfortunately no uh that's not what happens yeah no that's not what happens at all <laughs> like just like the centipites like just like peeping through like a little hole like watching like like two people get it on this also has a homage to psycho as well yeah. <laughs> i was thinking porkies but sure oh, okay, psycho. Okay. <laughs> uh pinheads uh knocking one out well, he's watching yeah. a couple through the wall, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I want to read something real quick from the, the, the Wikipedia. Let me see here. Okay, uh, go on. Uh, I got to scroll all the way to the top here. Um, you got to scroll produced... all the way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Sorry, Timmy. <laughs> right. I don't uh I don't know much about metal. <laughs> I'm assuming that's a Metallica song or something. Not Metallica, but I, I did just get a uh, School of Rock to the iTunes, so I've, I've got some of the songs from it in the brain. Okay. All right. Uh, so this is according to the Wikipedia. Uh, who knows uh, if it's true, but I, I think I'm going to believe it. It says, The film was produced in a matter of weeks due to an obligation on Dimension Films' part to release another Hellraiser film or risk losing the rights to the film ah, series. Ah, the Roger Corman Fantastic <laughs> Four treatment. Okay, okay. Due to the quick turnaround time in the Rush production, series star Doug Bradley declined to participate, making this the first entry in the series in which he does not play Pinhead. It was released in a single theater for a crew screening that was ostensibly open to the public, then released to DVD in October 2011. Um, But yeah, I mean, when you look at that and, you know, it says it was produced in a matter of weeks like, does that surprise you at all after watching the movie? I think when you say produced in a matter of weeks, I think what you have to make clear here, if they said the uh, production part of it was a matter of weeks, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be that weird for a small film, right? Even a good small mm-hmm. film, the actual shooting part would only be weeks, right? Halloween, yeah. the entirety of Halloween was shot in, I think, 16 days, if I remember right. But they, that says produced in a matter of weeks. That means it was written, all the pre-production, mm-hmm. the production... And the post-production, the editing, was all done in a matter of weeks. That is insane. (laughs) Yeah, that's... I mean, I don't know if it's true, but to me, that sounds about right after seeing, like, the finished product. It feels believable, yeah. Having watched the movie, it feels believable. (laughs) Certainly no denying it. So, rough times, rough times. And, you know, obviously you don't care about the characters. By the time you get to the end of the movie and there's no hope for anything, it's like, well, I don't really care. 
Yeah, and then like, you know, any horror movie, like, you know, if no matter how bad it is, if it has like some cool gore or kills, like that it can kind of be like a saving grace, but uh yeah, nothing like that in this movie. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, so I guess we'll give the spoiler warning at this point for those who care. <laughs> so full spoilers <laughs> for Hellraiser Revelations. Uh, we'll get into it. So there's not really much we have to add about the opening. It's pretty much just, you know, there's a couple of quick flashes after them just talking mm-hmm. stupid bullshit in the car of one of them holding the box and then like a quick flash of like Pinhead and the Heary's line. Mm-hmm. And then we cut ahead. Also, to, oh. one thing I, I just do want to mention here. All right, yeah, so sure. you have these two friends. Um... So one of the friends is dating the friend's sister. Yes. Uh Nico and, is dating Steven's sister. Yes. Yeah. Um but they're both totally cool with this plan to like let's go to Mexico and get laid. <laughs> like your your friend who's dating your sister is is basically like, "Yeah, I'm okay with going to Mexico and getting laid." <laughs> and like I don't know, it, it just it already off the bat it's like kind of weird yep yep i mean they say right they're looking for prostitutes they say that like yeah. <laughs> immediately which by the way some of the prostitutes here hang out in some really weird places to pick up uh, guys because there's two different mm-hmm. scenes of them getting a prostitute <laughs> where she you know she's dressed up like a prostitute but she's like mm-hmm. in like like a really sort of fake looking alleyway set but she's right in the middle of an alley it's not like she's at the edge of the alley trying to like pull people on from the street she's like just hanging mm-hmm. out in the middle of an alleyway next to like the bins <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I don't know. I, I don't want to make any aspersions or anything, but like they're supposed to be in, I, I think they say Tijuana. Uh, uh, I think so, yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, nobody looks like, like, nothing about it looked like Mexican at all. Like, none of the people there, like, looked like Mexican. And, and obviously, you know, yeah. It, it's, I'm sure there's lots of different, you know, types of people and stuff, but it, it's just, it, I don't know, just nothing I think like felt the, authentic, though. <laughs> the women they meet at the bar in like one of the earlier flashbacks, mm-hmm. I think, look Latina to me. But mm-hmm. they, they, yeah, I, I think at least one of them was Asian for mm-hmm. sure. And then yeah, it was a, it was a real mixed bag because even the, the 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 vagrant who comes up and talks to him is like a white guy, mm-hmm. you know. Like there's like a really, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. So I. I don't know. Like that, obviously, it, 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 this was all shot in one location, and they are pretending they're oh, in Mexico <laughs> yeah. for for portions, and they didn't even bother getting like a cast that would make a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, as far as tackling all this shit, because obviously it, you know, it flashes <laughs> back to the the various <laughs> things as as it's going throughout the movie, and like, because because eventually, uh, Stephen. The, the craven one the one who's the, the brother of the the, the sister <laughs> shows up <laughs> just randomly right he just shows up randomly um through the which, door. Like, which when i was watching the movie i assume like they'd been missing for like a couple of days or, or for a week or something which mm. i think like would make more sense with the way they react but if it is true like when i was looking at the wikipedia and it says that it's been a year then it seems like yeah, they're not really reacting as as big as they should. <laughs> yeah, if he'd be missing for a year and then just stumbled in the door like this, kind of half zombie looking, it you know yeah. it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> but then if it had only been a few days to a week or something like that, then all of what they said at the dinner table earlier would have felt weird because it's just, it's like yes. they've balled up and moved on because it's been a long time. Yeah. So none of it really kind of clicks together. It's kind of weird. Uh, 
Of course, it's during, after the fight at the dinner table, before he shows up, uh, the sister, Emma, goes up to the bedroom, finds the video camera. And was it just me? Or does this video camera look really old for 2011? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it looks like something more from, like, 2002 than 2011, yeah. but whatever. For uh, sure. I mean, it's 2011, like, you'd probably just be filming on your phone, right? <laughs> yeah, smartphones were a thing. I mean, maybe they weren't... No, maybe not everyone had them yet, and that's why. But I mean, th- these are definitely rich kids, though. Oh yeah, I mean the house yes. that this family's in is like this secluded, fairly big house. Yeah. Uh, I love how there's an explanation at one point. Oh, there's no signal up here. That's why we keep a landline. <laughs> like he says that at one point. Of course, of course. But supernatural bollocks mean that there's uh, yeah. no uh, phone working um well there's a deleted scene where uh pinhead's up on the telephone pole and he <laughs> he, he cuts the wires and then turns to the camera and says ain't i a well, no, to, to be fair to be fair there's a twist about you know what, what steven's up to when he returns so he he probably cut uh-huh. the phone line he probably removed the cars but that, that was one of the reactions that really got me is uh you know the the, the other dad who he goes out he's like oh like we'll have to take him to the hospital and he runs out i'll go get the car ready and he goes out and like both their cars are missing and he just sort of stands there, like huh and he comes back in and says the cars are gone and the other you know uh daddy craven just goes ah shit well, we're going to have to do something for him. And I'm like, what? why is that your reaction? Both of your cars have seemingly been stolen. That's not like a, that's a pretty big thing to have happened or really coincidental. Yeah. Like, you don't just shrug that off as a, oh, shit. Especially if, like, you live in the middle of the woods or wherever they are. Like, it's like, yeah, who the hell would know we're even here? And, like, how would they be able to get away with this without, like, us noticing? Yeah, baffling. Anyway, so I was getting to the, the sister. After she causes a bit of an argument at the dinner table, she goes up to the bedroom and starts watching some of this footage. And she's not seen it yet, right? This is the first time mm-hmm. she's getting to watch it. She's clearly not supposed, supposed to have been watching this. And she happens Luckily to watch... that they, like, film, like, their whole journey. <laughs> I know, I know. That, that was the other thing. There's a lot. Of, there's a couple of moments later on where, you know, Nico's clearly the evil or one who's, like, trying mm-hmm. to deal with the pinhead stuff. And Steven's just filming it. And he, Nico keeps insisting that Steven film. And there's never any reason why. He just said, no, I told you to film, you son of a bitch. No, keep filming. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why do you want him to film any of this? I, I don't understand. Yeah, especially, like, when you're, like, essentially committing crimes and shit. Like, I, I, Yeah, well, so the, the thing the sister watches, right, is, like, they're at, like, a, a bar. And yeah. they... they you know, see this attractive woman sitting there. Uh, they're both kind of drunk. They go up and try to talk to her. She can't speak any English, so they start and then try to communicate. The drunk acting is oh yeah, it's another level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They try to do like you know crappy Spanish that they barely know to try and like talk to her. And it seems like Stephen's the one who's mainly flirting with her and try to like impress her. And then the bit that's actually filmed on the camera that the sister sees. Uh, Stephen, for some reason, he was rolling as he walked into the bathroom to like clean his hands or throw up in the sink <laughs> or something, and he hears like sex coming from one of the uh, the cubicles, and he that what, sounds like sex. Yeah, so he naturally goes over to open the door, like the people <laughs> will, will will not mind him take, taking a peek, and he's filming. So he's like, "That sounds like sex. I'm going to keep rolling and open the door." And sure enough, it's his 
friend uh, having sex with the woman he was trying to flirt with and he's like oh damn it nico you do this to me all the time and of course it cuts back to the sister and she starts crying because this is her boyfriend having sex with this this gorgeous woman in mexico he's like oh, oh i was sad he was dead but now i know he was cheating on me oh. this, this was yeah. this was a roller coaster of emotions oh yeah all the feels for this part and then this is not recorded this next part on the tape but we get to see it is that the next morning like apparently they've been there all night and or at least steven's been passed out for a bit and he wakes up and nico comes out he's like let's go man let's go we need to go now we need to go now he's like well no, why why he's like, give me a minute he's like come on let's go get some breakfast or something and he opens the door and like the woman is like being killed right she's in there all bloody and at this point i was like is is, is he already like is something already happened with like Pinhead? Is, is there already Cenobite stuff going on? Mm. Or is, but I think as the movie goes on, it really kind of sets up that Nico actually does just have a dark side and he did end up just mm. killing her after he had sex with her. Um, <laughs> and it's like, okay, I guess this ties into, like, you know, this ties into like why Pinhead will want him, why the Cenobites mm. want to, to, to punish him, right? Because he is a, a bad dude. Okay, fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the next time we see a flashback, though, they're at a strip club, and Steven's like, you know, maybe we should just go back to, you know, the US and, you know, get out of Mexico before they suspect that it's us. And he's Probably like, a good idea. And he's just like, no, no, I'm fine here, I'm fine here. And this is when the vagrant comes up and gives them the configuration, and it's just like, this was meant for you, Nico. It's been meant for you all along. <laughs> So, yeah. the, so the backstory in the flash, and I'm just sticking to the flashback because it's, it's going to be too confusing if I try to right, right, right. jump back and forth. So, yeah. the story in the flashbacks that from here is that Nico opens the box, Pinhead comes, but much like Frank in the original movie, mm-hmm. um, he kind of like makes Steven kill people to try and like bring him back. So, uh, he doesn't necessarily do it intentionally the first time, but he ends up with a prostitute. He ends up killing her on the bed, and the blood kind of makes, you know, all skinless uh, Nico come out of the bed. He's like, yeah, her blood's bringing me back. Keep killing for me, Stephen. Keep killing for me. And it'd, be so, yeah. Yeah. it'd be so funny if you compare it to the first movie where there's just that, like, just amazing practical effect of, like, you know, Frank's body, like, coming back together, mm. and he's just, like, you know, this, like, gross, sticky, bloody, you know, like, creature uh versus here where it just looks like he's they just like cut a hole in a bed and just have him like sticking out like you don't even see him come out it's just like all of a sudden he's just like there yeah it just cuts back to him and he's like holding her yeah through it's the bed yeah so goddamn bad and, and again whatever i'm sure you had like half a day to do this scene or whatever uh but like it it looks so freaking bad it's it's pretty rough and it's you know, it happens again. He doesn't want to kill a second prostitute because there's like a baby cry. It turns out she has a baby in her mm-hmm. apartment and he can't do it because Steve... I mean, at this point, he's already killed one person. So he's already kind of like, you know, you yeah. know he's, he's already went too far. But there, There's like a really weird thing too where the, like the sex worker that he's with, like at first she's kind of like, hey, like you want to do it? Like, let's go back to my place. But then like, even before he starts like acting weird, she she at least i thought like she had this kind of like weird look on her face like she was scared of him like oh my god like what's wrong with this guy but it's like he hadn't even done anything yet like yeah it was 
it was a weird shift because yeah when when she first like comes up to him she's like you got a hundred dollars baby and like starts you know put, putting her yeah. hands around him says come back with me but as soon as they're alone and all he's doing is starting the you know he's putting her, his hand on her cheek and stuff he's just starting normal things you know normal mm-hmm. what would you call it uh pre-game sex stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> foreplay i believe is the, the word i don't know if it's not even foreplay yet this is like you know this is first contact <laughs> um, and she's already and looking like think oh. of it in, uh, Star Trek references. <laughs> sure, uh, he's not at the final frontier yet. That's the end of sex. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's, it's uh, first contact, and then it's a search for Spock. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then. <laughs> And then if it's going well, uh, you'll get the Wrath of Khan, and then yeah. it's the Voyage Home, and finally the Final Frontier. There you go. <laughs> this, yeah, surprisingly, that fits pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, okay, that was a weird thing to do this episode, but there you go. Um... <laughs> have, you, have you done all the, the Star Trek movies on uh, Ace? Uh, just the first one, actually. Just the uh, okay. picture. Yeah, well, so next time you do one, I'm sure this will be in your head. <laughs> I'm not sure you made the motion picture. I guess if you're filming it, uh, you call it, you, that's how the motion picture becomes part of the equation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so he won't kill the, the second prostitute, but it turns out he doesn't need to though, because uh, Nico shows up and just does it himself as the bloody mm-hmm. mess that he is. Uh, which, to be fair, if I remember the first movie, I, I do I do think Julia lures the guys back, but it's not always necessarily her that does the killing. Like I think Frank sometimes will do the killing himself. I, I think like a lot of times she would like she would like hit him with like a hammer mm. or like a blunt object or something, and then once they're kind of incapacitated or on the ground, then like Frank would basically come and like you know take their essence. Yeah. yeah okay. So the so I, I guess like you were saying before that. It's like, yeah, they are doing Hellraiser-y stuff, which I, I guess that's kind of a plus, but then also it's like, well, you're literally just doing, like, the beats from the first movie, and you're not doing them that well, so... I, I don't know, like, it doesn't do, like, anything. Really. In, a, in a weird way, it feels more like a truer Hellraiser film than anything has since the third one. But <laughs> yeah. it's so poor in quality that it, it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> like, it, it, it yeah. just doesn't matter. Uh, it feels more like watching like a fan film. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the first. Even those thing. like have like sometimes a lot better production. Well, because they care, and they'll spend Absolutely, months. Yeah. They'll spend months <laughs> making like a ten minute thing. Yeah. Whereas this is the opposite. This is weeks making a well seventy five minute thing as opposed to a usual ninety minute. But still. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's kind of how it plays out. But there's a bit of a twist later on where, uh, and again, this kind of plays into the, the first film a little bit because obviously. Uh, Frank was going to take his his brother's like body skin right mm-hmm. and pres- you know so that's effectively what happens here. The twist is that it's not Stephen that came back; it's actually Nico wearing Stephen's face that came back. So he and which explains some scenes that happen earlier on. Uh, so one of the things that I thought it was doing is that it was like the the box was making everyone horny because early on yeah. there's a, there's a moment with the sister where she's kind of like, you know, just, you know, rubbing her finger around the circle of the box, oh. right? She's just sort of doing this. And she's kind of looking up at, like, the other dad, right? Not her dad, the other one. And kind of, like, just sort of looking at him as she does it. 
and he's just sort of like yeah. being a bit weirded out by it. Not saying anything because it's a bit awkward. <laughs> but then when she gets up to go somewhere else, because the mum kind of knows she's acting a bit weird, as mm-hmm. uh, she says, "Go take a soup to your brother." She sort of like runs her finger across this other dad's back, and mm-hmm. he's he just kind of freezes. Like, what am I supposed to do? This is what what what? <laughs> and what's weird about it is that the mum sees it and is like. Yeah. <laughs> She's in shock. She looks at the other dad and he's like, I'm mm-hmm. doing. <laughs> the movie almost got entertaining. It almost got entertaining. Yeah. Uh, there is a bit of kind of incest in the following scene, though, with the brother and sister. Although it turns yeah. out later it's not really the brother, but she doesn't know that. <laughs> yeah, she scene. seems like pretty okay. <laughs> about it well i think the point of this scene is to set up that the box is making her kind of like mm. act out a character horny right so she takes yeah. the soup up to her brother <laughs> uncharacteristically and, horny and for some reason i was going to say it runs in the family when i was watching the scene but now i know it's not really the mm. brother i don't understand why neither, neither of these people used a spoon that's with the bowl of soup they both drink the soup from the bowl mm. yeah and like especially like when you're like sitting down in bed it's like ugh, just a recipe for for disaster like, I, I get, like, you know, if there's a little bit left, you sort of down it, but, like... Right. Like, this is a full bowl of soup, and she takes a sip, and then he takes... He starts just drinking it, and then he's like, do you want the rest? And she's like, yeah, sure, and she starts drinking it. Uh, I was like... It's a weird detail, but it was bugging me. At first I thought, yeah. why didn't she bring a spoon? And then I noticed there was a spoon sitting on the plate underneath the bowl, and I was like, why are you using the spoon? There's a spoon right there! Yeah. Use the spoon, you tits! Uh, Speaking yeah, of tits... <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> speaking of tits uh mm. he touches her lips then he goes in to kiss her they're making out and again she does not know this is she thinks this is just her brother at this point mm. um and then he like fantasizes it in her head and i think she might see it too because it's you know it's you know lament configuration spooky stuff but mm. like he fantasizes about ripping off her boob so you sort of see like a, a sort of cheesy rip off a boob effect, and then it like you know snaps back to reality, and she gets freaked out and runs away. Cause, <laughs> oh, what was it doing? That was my brother. Oh. <laughs> um, um, there's also a weird thing where like, does this movie think that, like, I mean, I I never really got this sense from the other movies, but like that they're all just kind of hanging out inside the box. Because I, I think there, cause there's like a scene or something like where uh, I forget who it is, but, I, you know, I, th- I think some of them are like hanging out in whatever the other hell dimension, like they they kind of like start hearing the people arguing or whatever outside. And it, it, it kind of like made it seem like they were inside the box or something. I don't know. It's weird. I don't think I took it as that. But now you're saying it, I guess they might be implying mm-hmm. that. I think I just took it as because they're playing with the box, like that they're starting to sense, oh, it's maybe opening soon, kind of thing. Maybe, so it's, yeah. it's time to go. But yeah, I mean, you may be right. Maybe that is what they're implying. I mean, I, 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 I certainly it's, never I mean, took it as that in the previous movies that they're inside yeah. the box. Like the, no, me, no, I've it. Yeah. Yeah, the box just opened the portal or whatever you want to yeah. call it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would really hate it if, like, it's literally like teeny tiny versions of them hanging out in the box and then you know they're like oh whoopee we can go out yeah what's weird so the twist is that okay this isn't really steven this is just nico and steven's body is that Mm -hmm. for the first like several scenes he's in until he starts to like you know kiss his supposed sister he Mm -hmm. uh he's acting really like out of it and like he's not really sure where he is Mm -hmm. and he's really quiet and then he sort of like starts to 
act out a bit more and then it, the, the reveal that he's the bad guy and i was like well why were you acting so out of it earlier like was this just all part of an act because mm. if so why what, what did you benefit from being weak and zombie like for, for yeah. the first several scenes i don't understand um yeah it makes no sense because it's not it's not like I, they weren't going to trust him anyway if he if he was yeah. just kind of you know that's bad. Anyway, and we find out the the new like Pinhead Junior, the one who's having the pins like knocked into him. That's mm-hmm. actually Nico. They've got Nico, mm-hmm. the Cenobites. Mm-hmm. That's the big reveal later on. Revelation, yeah. I say big, but uh, I suppose yes. Uh, yeah, forgive me. I've not been using the word revelation instead of twist the reveal <laughs> uh, this whole time. What a sham By the this way, is. if you if you. If if I like had no idea or recollection of this movie, and you just blankly asked me, "Hey, like, what would you think like a later era Hellraiser sequel would be called?" I probably would say like I don't know, like Revelations or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I feel like there's so many like crappy sequels that are just like blank Revelations or blank Reborn or blank, you know, uh, Resurrection. It sounds like some R word. <laughs> you know? Resurrection resurrections a lot yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I was, i'm shocked i've not had that one yet yeah yeah um so yeah as far as all this yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of like them sitting debating things and then mm-hmm. one thing will happen which is you know stephen comes up back right or then they're sitting mm-hmm. around talking about stuff or they hear a noise outside or they're sitting around and then it's, oh stephen's standing outside just looking weird at the swimming pool and then they're sitting around. Oh, there's another noise outside. Who is it? I'll go out with my shotgun. Oh, it's the vagrant. And he says something. <laughs> and Daddy Bradley takes the shotgun and, and shoots him. Uh, but... He's like way too eager to shoot that guy. Oh, yeah. He was just gun ho And then, yeah. but the, the, the vagrant gets up and slashes his face and he ends up like sort of crisscrossed and his like, skin's like ripped <laughs> off. Uh, but again, a bit of a cheesy effect. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the big reveal, a revelation, sorry, comes when Stephen shoots his own dad and then it kind of becomes apparent what's actually going on. And mm. it's... Rev- now, there's actually, like, one little glance they have at each other that kind of hinted at this earlier, but then they sort of, like, just didn't say anything about it, so I just kind of forgot about it. But uh, Daddy Craven and Mummy Bradley apparently have been having an affair, but it's such a nothing... Revelation. ...thing, right? <laughs> Because, <laughs> yeah. like, Nico now, you know, in Stephen's body, like, you know, sits down and says, you know, you were screwing my mother, and that's why we wanted mm-hmm. to leave, because you, like, you, you were ruining our lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you literally went to Mexico and cheated on your girlfriend, like, the first chance yeah. you got, like, at the start of this story. What, what are you talking about? You're on I this mean, high horse. Yeah. Uh, hell horse. Uh, hell horse. Generally, I, I mean... I don't care about any character in this oh, movie, course. but I especially don't care about like the parents. <laughs> like I, I like to me, they're barely exist in this movie. There's, you know, no point to them. Like, you know, the story is basically Emma and, you know, Steven and Nico, like those are, I guess are the kind of more interesting characters. Like I'm uh, trying to do anything interesting or with these parent characters, especially like so late in the movie is just like, I could not care less. I do have to dispute this a little bit because you're saying that you don't care about these characters, especially the parents. By saying especially the parents, you're implying that the other characters <laughs> are somehow more interesting, and I'm not so sure I agree with that part. <laughs> no, I mean, blanket 
statement. Yes, I, I do not care about anyone <laughs> in this movie, but if I did have to rank them, you oh, know, God, it, no, it don't to my head, this. like, you know. <laughs> um, the ones aiming at your head, Tim, I have no interest in shooting you. <laughs> After watching this movie, I would have welcomed it. <laughs> Take me out of my misery. Um, yeah, so apparently Stephen's plan, oh, sorry, Nico's plan, I should say, is that he's come to trade his girlfriend for so that the Cenobites will stop chasing him because they're trying to get him back. They want him back. So he's going to make her open the box and uh, somehow thinks this is going to lead to a trade. And of course, Pinhead immediately is like, no, lol. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about her. You made her open it. She didn't yeah. open it of her own accord. <laughs> I mean, one day she will. She's got a kinky S&M side in her. She's just not realized it yet. So we'll see you Absolutely, soon. Yeah. That's, that's basically what he says to her. But you're the one we're coming for. Uh, and then the dad, who's you know, still been shot, so he's still like, lying down in pain, because they're, they're all surrounded by Cenobites now at the end of the movie. He <laughs> picks up the shotgun and decides to shoot Nico for revenge for what he did to, to Steven. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know, at this point, they see Stephen, the, the Cenobite, and they're like, oh my god, that's our baby boy. And he grabs a shotgun, he shoots uh, Nico, and then Pinhead's like, you idiot. We were about to torture him and enjoy enjoy the pleasure of his flesh for centuries until he eventually perished. That would have been more punishment than anything you could have ever have done. But instead, you just robbed us of that, which means we're still owed a soul. So for that, your wife that you cheated on, that you feel guilty about... No, she's going to be our bitch <laughs> for the next several centuries. We're going to torture her instead. So the hooks come out and they pull her in. The other wife is killed by the Cenobites like instantly, just for reasons. I don't even remember why they killed her. They just killed her. Uh, I just looked at her and was like, a woman? And then, <laughs> killed her. And then um, yeah, so the dad who's dying and is about to die, because he, he says, you know, take me instead of my wife. And they're like, no, you're about to die. We'll get nothing out of you. <laughs> we can keep her alive for ages. Uh, yeah. So the sister is left on alone, the sole survivor in the real world, and the movie ends with her holding the box and looking at the camera. And she doesn't smirk. I thought she was going to smirk or something, but she hasn't. Yeah. She just holds it, and then it cuts to black, and this 75-minute nightmare <laughs> thankfully ends. So uh, one thing like I forgot to mention, um, you made me think of it because you're talking about like... Um, the box and being all kinky and stuff so like kind of especially you know like with the first movie and everything uh there's always this kind of like underlying message with the centibites and stuff that like you know pain and pleasure are like two sides of, of a coin uh and that sort of thing but it's always kind of brought up in such like a more elegant like poetic way in the first movie while like here it's like very blunt where like the character literally says like pain and pleasure they're the same like he like literally just has to like spell out like the very obvious message that anyone who's watched hellraiser like gets like i, I thought that was so dumb <laughs> it was well it was a lot more nuanced in the first film because it was this character mm-hmm. who was seeking greater pleasure you know someone who was into snm and wanted to go further and that's why yeah. he, he was led to the box that was frank and then obviously it went too far and like mm-hmm. you know so on and so on uh at least one of the movies after that did sort of shift it to the Cenobites will punish someone who has been doing bad things. Like that's kind of that kind of came into it, and this movie kind of mixes them together a little bit because it's like, well, it's clearly a punishment thing in the sense because he's going around killing people. But um, 
you know, it's murkied up. And, I, you know, that's just the thing. Like, Hellraiser was a perfect one and done, right? And then, mm-hmm. you know, there had to be sequels. Mm-hmm. So, no pun intended, they tried to flesh it out. <laughs> and that kind of murkied up the purity of what the original was saying about what, what the point of it was and what the Cenobites were there to do and, and mm-hmm. like, the character who did get involved and what his motivations were and he's a sick bastard and uh, all the rest of it. So, it's... Yeah... Yeah, I mean, let's face it. <laughs> this movie is lacking anything that resembles layers or uh, a message or you know, duons, duons, nuance. That's what I say. Duons. Um, no, I mean, it is exactly what you think of when you think of like this type of movie where it is a film company afraid to lose a license, so they very quickly hurry something into production you know it it feels rushed it feels like you know they just took the first script that they got and didn't bother you know giving it a second read uh, before making it they just hired whoever they could just everything feels cheap uh it feels like there's no thought or care is just purely get you know whatever crap you can shovel out uh and release within this quick time frame so we don't lose the license but the weird thing is like like i forget when the last one was but it's like a pretty decent gap between this one and the last one i I believe yeah uh, the last two were both 2005 and this is 2011 okay so yeah so that's uh you know like six years uh and then I think the next one is, uh, like, seven years. Um, 2018, I think, yeah. So, the thing is, like, and, 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 you know, all these movies are, like, pretty crappy, and I'm assuming that, like, they're probably pretty cheap to make, and enough people are invested in the franchise that, you know, they probably make some money, but, you know, it's not like you're making millions off of these. I I would doubt, you know, (laughs) or I'd be pretty surprised if it was that much. So, my thing is, why are they so concerned with keeping the license if you know it seems like they don't care about these movies at all they're it's not like they're doing them every few years it's like they're pretty far apart and their you know quality is just horrible down the drain and it doesn't seem like fans or anything like them so so why bother <laughs> continually making these i guess it's the you know because ip is king like keeping as much ip as yeah. you can is important and i guess they figure one day we'll do a proper one like one day we're going yeah. to have a good hellraiser big movie mm. and obviously things have changed because this is from dimension and dimension i think because it was connected to miramax and uh the weinsteins obviously things have changed over the last few years with who is in control of those companies and stuff why what happened <laughs> there was some let's just say that the Weinstein uh, could use some pinhead quality time <laughs> amen to that <laughs> <laughs> the, the Cenobites need to uh, take care of them oh. but um, yeah so I think because at least I think Paramount is the one who owns the Miramax library now for uh, distribution I don't know if they're necessarily the ones mm-hmm. producing the IP for new movies but mm-hmm. this new movie that's coming up uh, that's coming out this year you know they made a big point of announcing the casting uh, it's got mm-hmm. some big names attached to like the producer and writing side, and they're just calling it Hellraiser. So they're clearly trying to make this this new one, you know, maybe not a huge thing, but they're seeing the success of the return of Halloween, the return of mm-hmm. you know other things, and I'm sure they want to have at the very least something that they can like 
sell as a proper movie. Something yeah. that yeah. people will actually rent. Some people will actually maybe go to see in a theater. Because uh, yeah. no one's seen, like, five onwards, no one's going to see any of these damn things <laughs> in a theater, right? I mean, we would, but you know, <laughs> very few people would, I'm sure. Yeah, so, I mean, I think this next one, not the next one we're doing, because we've got one left that's, you know, we've got the 2018 one to do, but the next new one does seem like the first real attempt since mm-hmm. f- 3 and 4 to actually do a proper new one. And if anything, because it's like a big reboot, arguably even bigger than those in terms of, like, mm-hmm. how much they're putting into it and hoping to get out of it, so... I mean, here's home. Here's hoping. I mean, let's face it, the bar is so low that, like, we could come out of this new one and say it's the best one since, like, two or three, and <laughs> yeah. that that could mean it's pretty okay or it could still be pretty trash. It's just not as trash as yeah. the rest of them. I'm still, um, I'm still, like, a little confused if they, if they're, are, are they also doing the TV show still, or... I've not heard about that in ages, so I don't know. I don't know if they've yeah. dropped that. All right. So we'll it, it was so confusing because, like, for a while, we were, it seemed like we were getting, like, Hellraiser news, like, you know, know. Just, like, all the time. It's like, oh, we're doing a TV show. And then, like, for a while, it was like, oh, Clive Barker is doing, like, a new one. And then it was, um, what's his face? David Goyer was attached to, like, one at, at, mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the pandemic did kill a couple of things. Uh, I don't know if they ever officially got killed or cancelled, but... um. But the, the movie is coming. The movie, you know, was cast. That's, that's you know, mm-hmm. supposedly coming this year. I suspect it might be, like, a quick turnaround. I don't know if they're going to put it straight to a streaming service, maybe. Uh, I can't remember. I, th- I Well, I remember Hulu was in talks uh, mm. before, but that, that might have been the TV show, but I don't know if they're connected. Like, if... Uh, not, not, like, story-wise, but, like, production companies or whatever. Um, so I, I don't know if that's possible, but then... I mean, you would think if it's... Paramount, like you said, you know, you would think Paramount Plus, obviously, but you you, you would think that, wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> Everything's so confusing. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, we'll be doing Hellraiser Judgment uh, at some point. Hell yeah! Before, <laughs> before uh, the next day, I'm just I'm looking at Wikipedia to see what it says about the 2022 one for now. Um, <gasps> but uh, just just to wrap I'm up like, before we do our ratings, because um, we might as well t- it- see what it is just now. It is kind of driving me crazy that, like, I feel like for a while we're getting so much, uh, so many, like, big announcements, especially at the start of the year. And it feels like everything has dried up. And I, like, all I want to know is, like, just just give me a release date. Like, I just want to know when these things are coming out. Yeah. So, October 2006. <laughs> God, this, this is the backstory of the new one. Uh, October 2006, mm-hmm. Clive Barker announced on his official website that he would be writing the script for a forthcoming remake of the original Heroes film. Uh, to produce by Dimension Films. Obviously, this was ages ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he dropped he dropped out of the project due to production and the production due to creative differences. Oh, what a shock! And <laughs> 2010, Patrick Lussier was hired to serve as a director on a reboot. So this is before the one we just did came out. Yeah. <laughs> All this stuff. Uh, let me let me skip ahead. Uh, inspired by the success of Halloween 2018, unsurprisingly, uh, Merrimax mm-hmm. Films announced plans to adapt future installments in the Hellraiser franchise. In May 2019, Gary Barber slated uh, that Spyglass Media Group will develop the next film in the franchise, described as a reboot. David S. Goyer will serve as writer and producer. So, Goyer's on the movie. Okay. Uh, by April 2020... Which, I, I feel like some people have a little bit of a backlash against Goyer, but I mean, he... Most, most of mean, his stuff is written, shit, let's be honest. He's written some pretty good stuff. I mean, I don't know, maybe if it's 
maybe he needs people to like rewrite you know his stuff like you know like batman begins or something like yeah i love the batman mm-hmm. movies what has he done done that's good uh did he do the i, I mean i guess we'd probably disagree with this but <laughs> the uh i, I want to say he wrote the first blade movie maybe the second one which i i like those movies yeah, I can't say I do, but everything he did after, like he co-wrote the the first two Batman movies, mm-hmm. uh, was pretty rough. And you can kind of get the sense that you know Christopher Nolan co-writing kind of as his, yeah. uh, you know, kind of helped those out quite a bit. I assume. Uh, so oh, by, he did like Man of Steel too, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's no good. Uh, by April twenty twenty, David Bruckner was hired as director from a script he co-wrote with name. Ben Collins. And Luke Plotrowski. The film is scheduled to be released as a Hulu original film, exclusively yeah. via streaming on Hulu in 2022, which, finally enough, will mean Disney Plus for the rest of the world, I think. Uh, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yes, later in October, Jamie Clayton was cast as Pinhead, so yeah. So, yeah. What? <laughs> a woman? <laughs> that was a reaction by a lot of people, and then they realized the woman was trans, and then the reaction got even worse amongst the horrible oh, parts of the internet, so. Uh... Cool. Um, uh, I I want to say I expect like a little bit more from like horror fans. Like horror fans seem a little more chill than like I don't know like Star Wars fans and stuff. But, I would say generally, uh, I'd say that's probably true. But there's still a shitty sector of them. Yeah, uh, there definitely is. So annoying. I, I'm sure the majority are fine or or excited about it. It's just yeah, the annoying vocal minority about it. Yeah. And, uh, hey, sounds cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, so yeah, that's still apparently scheduled for this year. Uh, although it's been quiet for a while, but uh, I was hoping it would tell me if like when they finished shooting or something like that, so yeah. we'd have like an idea that it's progressed. But the wiki article doesn't really have as much. So at at the very least, knowing that you know people have been cast and everything, that it feels like okay, this isn't something that mm. it, it's still gonna happen. It's just who knows when or whatever. Hopefully. Oh, here we go. Actually, I just clicked on the movie for its own because I was on like, the Wikipedia page for like, the mm-hmm. franchise. I was reading that part. Oh, of it. sure, 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 sure. Uh, so in September 2021, Gore announced the production was in the midst of filming, so they were shooting mm-hmm. late last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's when they revealed who was cast. So it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it sounds like it was already shot. So I mean, I would say it's still pretty lately. It's coming this year. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I guess if if it is something that's coming straight to a streaming service, I guess maybe that's no. why we haven't heard much about it yet. Because the streaming service stuff, it seems like you kind of hear about it more a month. like a, yeah, yeah. Like before it comes out. Yeah, they don't announce it that far in advance with streaming shows. Like Netflix are really kinda bad drives for me it. Crazy. <laughs> Netflix will be like, "Here's this new movie that exists. It's coming. It's out in three weeks." Like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> way yeah. to build up hype. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you don't get much hype from like. So that's short uh, a window for whatever reason but anyway uh that I would is say maybe like october who knows but uh i, I would guess october as well just because it's a horror movie uh but we're also mm-hmm. expecting evil dead rise and Le- uh, final destination six so mm-hmm. well we'll see where they all fall they may all end up in october because why not all right mm-hmm. tim what are you rating hellraiser revelations uh hold on i want to read one last thing from the okay. wikipedia uh real quick and I'm, I'm sorry and it's not fun to just read from that stuff but i think this was a an interesting little last uh tidbit from the movie so uh it says clive barker and doug bradley have made no official comment on the film so <laughs> uh, so wait 
<laughs> so I'll stop right here for a second. So it, so that makes it seem like, you know, you know, like a if someone you have like a creator sound like, well, this sucks, but I don't want to badmouth it, so I won't say anything. Like, that's what that first sentence but, huh, makes it. That also could could mean that they just don't know it exists. Like that's entirely well, no, possible. Well, <laughs> well, no, 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 because I'm because there's a second part to this. Okay, so okay, I, okay. I just, just want to set it up because it makes it seem like maybe they don't know it exists or maybe they're being cordial and they don't want to say anything bad. Uh, so they said they made no official comment. Well, but unofficially. Right unofficially, yeah. though. Well, unofficially. Yeah, <laughs> after that, it says, Barker's only comments have been in response to ad copy that the film comes from, and then here's quotation marks, from the mind of Clive Barker. And then uh, I guess Clive Barker posted on his Twitter feed, I want to put on record that the flick out there using the word Hellraiser, and then in all caps, is no fucking child of mine. <laughs> I have nothing to do with the fucking thing. If they claim it's from the mind of Clive Barker, it's a lie. It's not even from my butthole. <laughs> Which, <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. I guess you have to bleep out <laughs> those F-bombs. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just thought that was funny that they're like, yeah, he never made an official comment. But if you do check out his Twitter feed, <laughs> here's his thoughts on the movie. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> He's not wrong. It's not a press release, but I would say that it's from his, it's from his direct personal Twitter. I'd say that's pretty official. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just made me laugh. Uh, hey, Clive, we love you. Come on the show, please. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. He may, be a bit, he may be a bit weird. I don't know. Clive Barker. I just, like, I'm getting like weird vibes from him. Probably talking about all his kinks. <laughs> hey, nothing's wrong with that. Well, you know, we're all about yum, not yuck, on this show. <laughs> Let your freak flag fly, baby. What are you into? <laughs> That's not a discussion I'm having on screens after midnight, Timmy. Um, what are you rating Hellraiser Revelations, Timbo? Uh, so I've kind of, I think I've talked about this before. Uh, when you have movies uh, that are like this bad, it's not so much like you know, all right, how, how bad, like how down, how far down am I going? It's more like, okay, I'm, I'm starting at the bottom and I'm trying to think what, if any, like what little piece can I have to like, you know, bring the score up? Like, you know, it, was there, it, it's all pretty bad, but was there at least one cool sequence or like one cool kill or one character that I liked or one part that made me laugh? And it's just one of those movies where I, I can't, answer anything that i liked about it like you know there's the quality on every level is just horrid like you know the acting is bad uh the movie looks bad like you know the the quality of the film like uh i i guess i could hear the actors clearly so i guess maybe i can't rag on the sound too much um <laughs> but but you know like nothing about it uh stands out in is any way like cool or interesting or new or creepy or whatever like you know th there's nothing for me to cling to like to really give it any type of praise or anything at all and then yeah it's one of those things where it just you know it, it, i mean obviously where are we with this franchise at this point but you know it, it does feel like it cheapens it a little bit where at least the other ones as bad as they were they felt like there's a certain threshold of a uh, you know, competency uh, there that like, you know, it felt like, all right, you actually made a movie where this, everything about it just screams like, again, that, yeah, you're just 
rushing this piece of crap into production for, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's tons of movies that are made for not like noble intentions or whatever, but you know, it's very clearly, obviously, uh, yeah, to keep the rights and they don't care about the product or whatever. So I, I mean, I don't know. There's like, it, there's nothing for me to cling on to, to give points to it. So I'm going to give it a 1.5, um, you know, and, and that is basically just, I, I guess, because like, you know, I, I could see the movie. I could hear the actors. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I can't complain that, you know, like there was stuff that didn't, uh, necessarily like make sense or whatever. Um, and that the quality was at least watchable enough, like in the sense that yeah, I, I could see and hear the people, uh, and, uh, and, and I'll give it a little bit for at least being short, <laughs> even though despite it being 75 minutes, it did kind of drag <laughs> in some parts, but I mean, at least I didn't have to sit through this for two hours. So, uh, yeah, 1.5. Good movie. <laughs> Do you know what? I actually started laughing in my head there halfway through because <laughs> you said uh, there was nothing for me to cling on to. And I thought even Tim's making Star Trek references this week uh, without realizing it. What was the, uh, what was the second uh, reboot movie? Into Darkness? Yeah, but that could fit in the uh, step. Uh, sex steps. <laughs> that we're talking about. <laughs> I was trying to think of if that one was harder darkness or into darkness, but uh, that in there. Uh, maybe if you're doing some uh, some butt stuff. Yeah, yeah butt stuff, of course. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I guess we know which makes it st- to- <laughs> which makes it beyond. Oh, there you go. <laughs> like uh, come full circle. You know what you just did. Don't even pretend you don't. The pervs are going to love this episode. <laughs> Especially the Star Trek pervs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Be all Which, over let's it. face it, is our audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, okay. So this is... Strange new worlds, indeed. <laughs> Discovery. <laughs> Although the acronym for that show is STD, so you know, be careful, folks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, my rating for Revelation. We just watched. <laughs> yeah. If I'm rating our Star Trek jokes this episode, I'm going to solid eight out of ten. But it's uh, oh, good. <laughs> now, nah, for rating this movie, uh, it's tough because like. <laughs> Because I feel like I don't really know that's as low as a one because I do think that at least that it meets some bare bones like <laughs> like technical qualities to at least establish that it is something even though rushed even though not a bit great standard of quality that it, it, it at least does function like some cheap mm-hmm. lifetime movie or something like that <laughs> and maybe that's an insult to those maybe those are even better but. Uh, because of that, I think I have to just go with a 2 out of 10. Wow. You really loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sure, yeah, 2 out of 10. Uh, it's wonderful stuff. Um, but I, I got a couple of chuckles early on when like the, the, the brother-sister incest shit was going down. Or... Yeah. <laughs> Or uh, a couple of the uh, the the non reactions to things give me a what the hell moment, and you know, th- like those count for something. So, I'll I'll give it a two out of ten, purely just because 
there is even worse. We've done even worse. We've rated even worse. There's not much worse, but there is even not worse. Much. <laughs> so, two out of ten, I think, is my fair yeah. rating. So there you go. Another stinker <laughs> in the bag. Glad I didn't uh, pay money for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was on Tubi. Mm-hmm. And like Tubi really is the king of these like free dirtbag oh, yeah. <laughs> streaming services because like the I feel like I maybe had two ad breaks and they were like pretty short. Um, I tried watching used cars on a uh, Pluto TV. Oh, is that the uh, uh, is it Kurt Russell? Yep. Uh, Robert Zemeckis movie starring. Yeah. Of course, Garrett Graham. If Tara listens to this and I don't mention Garrett Graham's in that, she'll be annoyed at me. So, Garrett Graham. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Um, don't ask. It's a running thing. <laughs> um, but no, like it, it's it was so annoying because well, the movie is weirdly long. It's like two hours. Yeah, um, I watched it last year actually, which is why I know what it is. <laughs> so, I on Pluto TV there is literally like an ad break every seven to 10 minutes. And then I, I was watching it like at one point and I had to stop about halfway through. Uh, so there was an hour left and I went back to watch it and you can't just resume when you're watching it. You have to actually go back to the beginning and I tried fast forwarding it, but you can't fast forward because it stops every time you get to an ad break. So I was like, Oh, I guess I'll just never watch the end of this movie. That's stupid. <laughs> Cause if you got ad breaks in the middle of a YouTube video, you can skip past. It'll just give you one ad yeah. when you start. Yeah. So let's say you skip past two ad breaks on YouTube. It'll just mm-hmm. give you one wherever you start. And then you can just go from there. Which, yeah. seems, which seems fair to me, but making you and go the, through every ad break is a, that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's uh it's horrendous. So screw you, Pluto TV. Uh, <laughs> you suck. Uh, I will never watch you unless, um, you have a movie that's streaming on there that I want to watch. Um, but yeah, that's I. Yeah, I, I'm mad at Pluto TV. <laughs> yeah, and the, the ads are long too. They're like I don't know, like two, three minutes or whatever. Like versus Tubi, which is like yeah, fifteen, thirty seconds. Yeah, although Pluto does have some okay, like linear channels for background noise. Mm-hmm. Like they've got like a riff track channel you can just put on and just let it play. That is cool. I like the li- live TV aspect of yeah. it. That is kind of nice. But um, and they've got like a Baywatch channel that just plays Baywatch like twenty four hours a day. All right, yeah, easy freak. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was that, and it was the other one I noticed. Married with Children was the other one that I noticed. It was just like a Married with Children oh, yeah, channel. That's funny. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, just the last time I checked. If you like true crime stuff, though, they've got like an FBI forensics one that's just playing 24 hours a day. They've got another one. There's like six or seven of those. So, cool. if that's your thing, just in case you care, this is mm-hmm. free. Okay. <laughs> that's the show this has been screams after midnight um tim somehow we, we were done like 10 minutes ago and tim managed to milk 10 minutes uh out of pluto his streaming woes yet again somehow there's always like a, a segment where tim complained about streaming services but he finds a way to do it every time my, my life is hard i don't know what to say <laughs> so let us know you Send think it. oh <laughs> I was gonna say someone should buy me uh used cars on Blu-ray and send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> if it's on Blu-ray, I imagine it is. Mostly everything is at this point. Yeah. Uh, at the very Robert least. Zemeckis, though, you know, it's a good huh? director. I like him. It was definitely in HD when I watched this, so there's definitely a HD transfer. Oh, yeah. Uh, if it's... Uh, yeah. 
If it's not a boy with Riley. definition, as they say. <laughs> they do, yes. Hello, where are your high definition televisions? <laughs> Is this an improv bit and I might like come up with a witty line? <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> you dropped the ball, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, these days, like, you have to get under a certain size to get a HD TV now because everything over a certain size is just 4K now by default. Hilarious. <laughs> it's the future, Timmy. I would love to do an improv show with you. That would be so funny. <laughs> I think that would be really funny. <laughs> I don't want to do the naked stand-up you did once, though. Will you? I'm all right. Oh, come on. I did it more than once. Don't, don't act like I said it. When I was a regular in Boston. I love the if idea you're... that you're naked, but I'm not. I just walk up and close. <laughs> unlike every other comedian. Just like, eh. I'm a little more shy nowadays, but there's a time I didn't mind uh, flaunting my body <laughs> yeah yeah floating yeah. little v mm. <laughs> all right one day we'll do the uh the mild fuzz hunky calendar <laughs> no one wants that timmy no one connor's sweet july <laughs> <laughs> I thought you mean sunburnt July. <laughs> Sun, sunburnt with uh, just like fiery hair, just like there's like a misery in his face that he'd rather be doing anything else than sitting out in the sun. Uh, anyway, this is Bitch Groups After Really. Let us know what you think of Hellraiser Revelations if you are unlucky enough to have seen it in the comments mm-hmm. below. Uh, like, subscribe, and the bell for notifications. You can support the show, of course, uh, by hitting the super thanks button on YouTube. But of course, we mentioned earlier, patreon.com slash TV. We can get some extras, get some early access, stuff like that. All good stuff. Um, but otherwise, that is... So thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies. We'll see you next time. Ooh.